0: This podcast is only possible because of your support. Please consider donating, if you can, using the links in the description box. I'm Elia Haber for the Beirut Banyan. There was a funny moment on Twitter a couple of days ago where people opted to criticize Sherb al-Nahas using him as a substitute for he who must not be named. I'm very understanding of people's worries about free speech in Lebanon as Dima Saadi, among others, was just called in for questioning for inciting the working class, among others. No matter what you think about Dima, the plaintiff, or their political views, the working class has enough to be worked up about. A more hostile working environment for the media just doesn't help anyone's situation, really. It might intimidate some, But maybe we should hold off from doing that now, when our Prime Minister is penning his own op-ed in the Washington Post. I think we should keep up the semblance for our tolerance for free media for just one more week, just enough to let this op-ed have its moment of fame. What would donors say about us prosecuting journalists and then cuddling up to US news outlets while asking other nations for sympathy? For those of you who don't know, op-eds are sections in newspapers where opinion pieces of relevance are published without them being reflective of the outlet's views. Al-Mudun has a nice article, albeit in Arabic, on how leaders have traditionally used this space to share their thoughts with international audiences ahead of bigger world events and how Diab hasn't made the best of this one. As it happens, on his 100th day of governance, our PM sent out two messages. The first is his op-ed, penned in English, that portrays our struggles and pretty much asks for international support. In his description, it seems so many of our problems are just bad luck. Let's go over a few. First, quote, Because of Lebanon's financial setup, it was cheaper to import food than to produce it locally. Unquote. Why would we blame the financial setup for a market reality? For any nation in the world, there will always be goods that are cheaper to import than produce. That's a reality that was obvious to the Flintstones and to myself when currently attempting to grow my own basil. Food security is something else, though. I'm not blaming Diab for our insecurity, but it's offensive to blame our lack of planning on a financial setup. Two, quote, Lebanon is going through an unprecedented economic and financial crisis that led the country to default on its foreign debt, Very true. Very true. Let's be clear, though. Just like any institution, it has governors. And just like we stopped bitching about school in general when we were teenagers and started complaining about specific teachers, we need to start treating Lebanon as such. It's not one big homogeneous blob that led us into a default. It's a pretty public list of names. Let's stop pretending a crisis led us into default and start reckoning with the fact that we're asking for international funds and lenience while we still have the same people in power. Third, quote, My government is taking important steps to address this dramatic situation. Unquote. Curious people would want to follow up on that hyperlink to know more about those important steps, as it leads to an article in Al Arabiya where it says, quote, the Lebanese government requested 40,000 tons of wheat, unquote, from India with no further comments from the Indian side. Moreover, in that same article, our economy minister Raoul Naame said that nothing was concrete yet. As it states, quote, when asked whether some of the wheat would come from India, Name told Al-Arabiya English that it was too early to confirm source countries and that no decision has been made. Cabinet is first legally obliged to announce attenders seeking offers from potential suppliers. Unquote. Fair enough. It's something. Despite it being literally one step, while the article said steps, why aren't we linking to a government website listing those? I genuinely want to feel that many steps are done, even if I discover later on that none were. We're not even given the effort of the lie. Diab's second message was something I read on Twitter, mostly in Arabic, about achieving incredible percentages of his government's goals. Don't get me wrong, I'm not blaming Diab for getting us into this mess, but he had a chance to be honest with both audiences, and I think he missed it. Lebanon looks like a dying body, so what's the point of projecting pity outwards and touting achievements in that body's ears? Where are our MPs, the ones who should be the ones evaluating this government? Just like our potential donors can read and perform their own due diligence, we can too. That's the beauty of a free press. Things are out there to be read and decide accordingly. This article coincides with the day I met two of my balcony neighbors. One who seems friendly and smiles to me as he comes out to smoke his cigarette every couple of hours. The other one yelled at me when some water dripped down to his space as I was cleaning the balcony windows à la Libanez. You might want to think the smiling one is equally pleasant in his own house, but maybe think twice before giving him your vote. To end this show, I need to clarify that I'm not sidestepping the army incident that happened this week. Our medical personnel will be at the heart of our next episode, where I'll be talking to someone about how it's like being a Lebanese physician in COVID times. If you'd like to share your thoughts, just like my next guest, feel free to reach out and we can organize a chat. Let's keep talking. Elia Hubbard signing off for the Beirut Banyan.